Book One, Chapter Forty One of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Garvin. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de Lobera, translated by Robert Salvi. Book One, Chapter Forty One. Of the battle which Amadis had promised the fair child Briolania to perform against Abiseus and his two sons in revenge of her father's death. This history has related to you how Amadis promised Briolania to revenge her father's death, and how she gave him a sword, and that, when in his combat with Gassinan, he broke the sword, he gave the pieces to Gandalin's care. You shall now hear how the battle was performed, and what great danger he underwent because of that broken sword not from any fault of his own, but for the ignorance of his dwarf Ardian. Amadis, now recollecting that the time was come to perform his promise, acquainted Oriana, and requested her leave, though to him it was like dividing his heart from his bosom to leave her, and she granted it, albeit with many tears, and the sorrow that seemed to presage what evil was about to happen. Amadis took the queen's leave for form's sake, and departed with Galaor and Agraez, they had gone about half a league when he asked Gandalin if he had brought the three pieces of the sword which Briolania had given him, and finding he had not, bade him return and fetch them. The dwarf said he would go, for he had nothing to delay him, and this was the means whereby Amadis and Oriana were both brought into extreme misery, neither they nor the dwarf himself being culpable. The dwarf rode back to his master's lodging, found the pieces of the sword, put them in his skirt, and was retiring when as he passed the palace he heard himself called looking up he saw oriana and mabilia who asked him why he had not gone with his master i set out with him said he but returned for this and he showed her the broken sword what can your master want a broken sword for quoth oriana because said the dwarf he values it more than the two best whole ones for her sake who gave it him and who is she the lady for whom he undertakes this combat and though you are daughter to the best king in the world, yet, fair as you are, you would rather win what she has won than possess all your father's lands. What gain so precious hath she made? Perchance she hath gained your master. Yes, she has his whole heart, and he remains her knight to serve her. Then giving his horse the lash, he galloped away, little thinking the wrong he had done. Oriana remained pale as death. She burst into bitter reproaches against the falsehood of Amadis, and wrung her hands, and her heart was so agitated that not a tear did she shed. It was in vain that Mabilia and the damsel of Denmark strove to allay her rage with reasonable words. As passionate women will do, she followed her own will, which led her to commit so great an error that God's mercy was necessary to repair it. The dwarf rejoined his master, and showed him the pieces of his sword, but Amadis asked him no questions, and he said nothing of what had passed. Presently they met a damsel, who asked whither they were going. Along this road, I advise you to leave it. Why? Because no knight hath taken it for fifteen days, but he hath either been slain or wounded. And who hath done all this mischief? quoth Amadis. The best knight in arms that I have ever seen. Damsel, said Agraez, you must shew us this knight. He will shew himself so soon as you enter the forest. The damsel then followed them. They looked all round the forest in vain, till, as they were at the other side thereof, they saw a knight of good stature completely armed, 
on a roan horse holding a lance and a squire by him with four other lances he speaking to his squire the man laid the lances against a tree and came up to the knights sirs yonder knight sends to inform you that he hath kept this forest for fifteen days against all knights errant with fair fortune and for the pleasure of the joust hath yet stayed a day and a half longer than his time appointed he says that if it please you to joust with him he is ready but there shall be no sword combat for in that he hath done much evil against his own will and will avoid it henceforth if he can agrayes had taken his helm and thrown his shield round his neck while the squire was speaking tell him to defend himself quoth he they ran their race their spears break and agrayes was dismounted and his horse ran loose whereof he was greatly ashamed galaor took his arms to avenge him the lances were broken their bodies met with such force that galaor's horse being the weaker and more weary fell and threw him and then ran away amadis seeing this blessed himself in truth said he the knight may well be praised for he hath proved himself against two of the best in the world but as he went on to take his turn he found galaor on foot with his sword in hand defying the knight to battle but the knight laughed at him and amadis said brother do not chafe yourself it was the covenant that there should be no sword battle then he bade the stranger defend himself and they ran at each other their spears flew up in splinters they came against each other shield and helmet the horse fell with amadis and the horse broke his shoulder the knight of the forest was dismounted but he held the reins and lightly took the saddle again quoth amadis you must joust again for this encounter was equal we both fell i do not choose to joust again said he amadis replied knight you do me wrong right yourself when you can said the other i am bound no farther as i sent to tell you and then he galloped away through the forest amadis slept upon gandaline's horse and told his companions to follow him as fast as they could to find that knight for they were all greatly abashed quoth the damsel it will be a foolish quest all the knights of king luisartes household would fail to find him without a guide my friend said galaor belike you know who he is and where to be found if i do quoth she i mean not to tell you for i would bring no harm to so good a man ah damsel said galaor by the faith you owe to god and by the thing in the world which you love best tell me what you know of him she answered i care not for these conjurings and i will not discover him for nothing ask what you will quoth amadis tell me your name and promise me each a boon hereafter when i shall demand it they in their earnestness promised when she heard the name of amadis she exclaimed god be praised for i was seeking you and wherefore you shall know when it is time but tell me have you forgot your promise to the daughter of the king of sobradisa who let the loose alliance to save you i am now going replied amadis to perform the battle why then quoth she would you turn astray to follow this knight who is not so easy to find as you imagine when your day is appointed for the combat she says true sir brother said galaor go you with agrayes upon this business i will follow the knight with this damsel for i shall never have joy till i find him and i will join you in time for the battle if it be possible in god's name cried amadis but tell us damsel the name of the knight i know it not yet once i was a month with him and saw not never else such deeds of arms but i can show where he is to be found then galaor departed with her amadis and agrayes proceeded till they came to the castle of taurine 
the dwelling of that fair young damsel who was now grown so beautiful that she had appeared like a bright star what think you of her said amadis agraeus answered if her maker designed to make her beautiful he has most perfectly accomplished his will they were disarmed and mantles given them and they were conducted into the hall but when briolania saw amadis how young he was for he was not yet twenty and how beautiful for even the scars in his face became him and of what fair renown he was she thought him the best knight in the world and greatly affected him so that when by his help she had recovered her kingdom she would have given him herself and that but amadis told her right loyally how he was another's chapter forty two how don galor went with the damsel in quest of the knight who had overthrown them till he did battle with him four days galor rode with the damsel and so wrathful was he for this fall that whatever knight encountered him in that time felt the effects and many were slain for the act of another at length they saw a fair fortress built above a vale the damsel told him there was no other place near where he could lodge that night and they made up to it at the gate they found many men and dames and damsels so that it seemed to be the house of a good man and among them was a knight of seventy years with a cloak of scarlet skin who courteously bade them welcome sir quoth galore you welcome us so well that though we found another host we would not leave your hospitality then were they led into a hall and supper was given them right honourably and when the cloths were removed the old knight went to galore and asked him if the damsel was to be his bedfellow he replied no and two damsels then conducted her to her chamber while he was shown a rich bed for himself here rest yourself said his host god knows the pleasure i have in entertaining you and all errant knights for i myself have been one and have two sons who are the like but both now are badly wounded for there came by a knight who dismounted them both and they greatly ashamed of their foil rode after him and came up to him by a river as he was about to cross it in a boat and they would have made him do battle with the sword since they knew he how he could joust the knight who was in haste would have declined the battle but my sons prevented him from entering the boat a lady who was in the boat then said to them that they were discourteous in detaining her knight against her will but they said he must needs do battle let it be then said the lady that he shall fight with the better of you twain and if he shall conquer him that shall suffice not so they answered if one failed the other would prove his fortune the knight then grew angry and cried come both since you will not let me proceed and one after the other he sent them from their horses utterly confounded then crossed the river and went on his way i went afterwards to bring home my sons for they were sorely wounded you shall see with what wounds such as never before were given by any knight he then sent for the armor which they had worn and it was so cut through with the sword that galore greatly marvelled and asked what arms the knight bore a vermilion shield with two grey lions and another on his helmet and he rides a roan horse know you who who he is cried galore no said the old knight it is the same knight whom i am seeking quoth galore and if i find him i will revenge your two sons and myself or die sir friend quoth his host i would counsel you to forbear the attempt for as for what my sons have suffered they brought it on themselves and then he bade him good night the next morning galore and his guide departed they crossed the river in the boat and proceeding about five leagues came to a fortress 
wait for me a little said the damsel i will be here presently and she entered the castle presently she returned bringing with her another damsel and ten knights on horseback and that other damsel who was passing fair said to galore sir my cousin tells me you are in quest of the knight who bears two grey lions and a vermilion shield that you may know who he is but i shall tell you that you cannot learn by force for there is no knight like him in all the islands and he will neither tell you nor any other for three years unless it be forced from him damsel said galore i shall not cease my inquiry and would rather learn his name by force than by other means since that be so said she within three days i will bring you to him at my cousin's request they set forth and by vespers time came to an arm of the sea that clipped round an island so that there were full was full three leagues of water to cross a bark was ready at the harbour but before they entered it an oath was demanded that there was only one knight in company why is this oath required said galore the damsel replied the lady of the island will have it so when one knight has crossed over no other is suffered to come till the first return or is slain who is it that kills or conquers them the knight whom you are seeking he has been here half a year and by this occasion a tourney was held here by the lady of the island and another dame of great beauty this knight came hither from a foreign land and being on her side won the victory whereat she was so pleased that she never rested till she had won him for her paramour but because he is desirous of seeking adventures the lady to detain him with her invites knights to joust against him if by chance they are slain they are there interned otherwise they are sent back and he gives their arms and horses to his mistress she is a full fair lady and her name is corisanda the island is called gravisanda how came he said galore to keep the forest it was a boon asked of him by a damsel said she though his mistress hardly permitted him to perform it by this they had reached the island the night was some way advanced but it was clear moonlight the damsel had two tents pitched beside a little brook and there they supped and rest till the morning galore would fain have shared the damsel's tent but to that albeit she thought him the fairest of all knights and much delighted in his conversation she would not consent in the morning they set forward and he asked his guide if he she knew the knight's name neither man nor woman in all this land know it except his mistress then was galore the more curious that one of such worth in arms should so conceal himself presently they saw a castle on a height surrounded for a league on all sides by a rich plain in that castle quoth the damsel is he whom you seek having advanced farther they found a stone pillar curiously wrought and a horn upon it sound that horn said she and you shall presently see the knight galore blew the horn and forthwith there came certain men from the castle and pitched a tent in the meadow before the gate and then there issued out ten dames and damsels and in the midst of them one richly clad who was the lady of the rest why does the knight tarry quoth galore who saw all this the damsel answered he will not come till the lady send for him i beseech you then said he go to her and request her to summon him for i have much to do elsewhere and cannot tarry when the lady heard this errand what cried she holds he our knight so cheap that he already thinks of doing aught elsewhere he will depart sooner than he thinks and more to his cost 
then she turned to her man go call the strange knight anon he came from the castle armed and afoot his men led his horse and carried his shield and lance and helmet and he went straight to his mistress you see a foolish knight yonder said she who thinks lightly to take his leave of you i desire you would make him know his foolishness and then she embraced and kissed him all this made galor the more angry the knight mounted and slowly rode down the height galor was ready as soon as he saw him in the level and bade him defend himself they ran at each other both lances were broken both shields pierced both knights deeply wounded don galor drew his sword the stranger said to him knight by the faith you owe to god and to the thing you love best let us joust once more you conjure me so said galor that i will do it but i am sorry my horse is not so good as yours else we would joust till one of us fell or till all your lances were broken the knight made no answer but called to his squire for two lances and sent the one to galore again they encountered galore's horse came to his knees and tottered and was almost down the stranger lost both of his stirrups and was fain to hold round the neck of his horse galore spurred up his and had now sword in hand thereat the stranger somewhat abashed exclaimed you are desirous to do combat with the sword certes i fear it rather for you than for myself if you do not believe me you shall see do your worst quoth galore i will either die or revenge those whom you left in the forest then the stranger recollected that it was he who had defied him on foot and he answered him angrily revenge yourself if you can but i rather think you will carry back one shame upon another the ladies seeing how gallantly they had jousted thought they would have then have accorded but when they saw the sword battle they were greatly amazed at the fury which it was begun such mortal blows they gave each other that the head was often made to bow upon the breast and the steel arches of the helmets were cut through and their trappings and the sword went through the linings and was felt upon the head and the field was strewn with the fragments of their shields and their broken mail this continued long till each wondered that his antagonist could hold out galore's horse at last began to fail him and could scarcely move whereat he waxed exceedingly wroth thinking that only this delayed his victory for the stranger could lightly come on and withdraw again from his blows galore when indeed he did reach him made him feel the sword but his horse tottered as if he had been blind and he began to fear his own death more than he had ever done before in any battle save in that with his brother amadis for from that he never expected to leave off alive next to amadis he thought this the best knight he had ever encountered albeit he doubted not of conquering him were it not for the fault of his horse being in this strait he called out knight either finish the battle on foot or give me another horse or else i will slay yours and that villainy will be your fault do your worst replied the stranger the battle shall not be delayed it is a great shame that it hath lasted so long look to your horse then quoth galore the knight rode close to him fearing for his horse so close that galore caught him with both arms and at the same instant spurred his own horse violently and they both fell upon the ground each holding his sword and there they struggled for some time before they released each other but when they arose they attacked again so furiously as if the battle were but then beginning there was not a moment's respite 
now that they could freely close or strike as the fight continued galore perceived he was gaining the better for his enemy's strength evidently weakened good night quoth he hold a while whereat the other paused being indeed in need of rest you see quoth galore that i have the better of the battle tell me your name and why you so carefully conceal yourself and i will acquit you from the combat and shall receive great pleasure but unless you do this i will not leave you certes quoth the knight i shall not leave off with these conditions i never found myself so hardy in any battle as in this and god forbid that any single knight should ever know me except to my great honour be not rash cried galore by my faith i swear never to let you go till i know who you are and why you conceal yourself god never help me quoth the stranger if ever you learn it from me i will rather perish in battle than tell it except to two knights to whom though i know them not i neither could nor ought to deny anything who are they whom you value so much quoth galore neither shall you know that replied the stranger because it seems that it would please you certes rejoined galore i will know what i ask or one of us or both shall die i am not averse to that quoth his enemy then they renewed the combat with full fury but the stranger waxed weaker his armor was everywhere laid open and streaming with blood till at last the lady of the island ran like one frantic to galore and cried hold knight would the bark had sunk that brought thee hither lady said he if it offends you that i am avenging myself and one who is better than myself the fault is not mine offer him no more harm quoth she or you shall die by the hands of one who will have no mercy he answered i know not how that may turn out but i will not leave him till i know what he i have asked what is that his name and why he conceals it and who the two knights are whom he esteems above the rest of the world she answered a curse upon him who taught you to strike and upon you who have learnt so well i will tell you his name is don floristan he conceals himself because he hath two brothers in this land of such passing worth in arms that albeit you have proved his prowess he dares not make himself known to them till by his fame he is worthy to join them and these two knights are in the household of don lisuerte the one is called amadis the other don galore and they are all three sons of king perion holy mary cried galore what have i done and then he presented his sword to floristan good brother take my sword and the honour of the battle are you my brother i am your brother don galore then florestan fell on his knees before him saying sir pardon me for this offence that i have committed in combating against you was caused by no other reason than that i durst not name myself your brother as i am till i had somewhat resembled you in prowess galore raised him up and took him in his arms and wept over him for joy and for sorrow to see him so sorely wounded but the lady beholding all this was greatly rejoiced sir quoth she if you give me great anguish you have repaid it with double pleasure they were then both carried into the castle and laid in bed both in one apartment and corisanda being skilful in chirurgy looked to their wounds herself with great care for she knew that if the one died the other would die also for pure sorrow and her own life would be doubtful if florestan were in great danger End of chapter forty two recording by ted garvin